This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chess. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chels. This is your host, Rahul, and I am joined today by Ray. Ray, welcome back, and looking forward to doing a full-season review for the Chelsea women's team and more in general with the women's super team. But before we get started, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm good to be back again. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's been a good couple of weeks. Um, obviously, after winning the league, it's been a nice, uh, nice end to the season, and yeah, it's nice to have a, a bit of a break. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And the last time we spoke, we were a little bit emotional with uh, Ericsson leaving, with Pernilla Arder leaving. Uh, but it looks like Chelsea and really the world of football moves on pretty fast. Uh, and we've had a new signing come in, but we'll touch on everything. But let's start with the team of the season for the Super League. Uh, and let me hear your thoughts around who makes it into this eleven. Yeah, so I mean, I've kind of gone for a, a kind of a formation of a four-three-three um, with, I think, Mary Arps in goal. Um, I don't think you can really put anyone else ahead of her. I think she had a really good season, Golden Glove with fourteen clean sheets. It's a new WSL record. I don't think you can really look past her, to be honest. Um, across the back, I've gone for Ona Batla from Manchester United, uh, Maya Latizia, same, uh, obviously at Manchester United. I think Leah Williamson had a really good season. Um, before the ACL injury. And then I've put Neve Charles at left back. Um because I think she's been had a very, very good season. Um and obviously has been rewarded with a place in the World Cup squad. Um I think Maya Letizier was very unlucky not to be in that World Cup squad. Um obviously she is there as a standby, but I don't I'm very surprised she wasn't in the full twenty three. Um because I think she's had a, a really a breakthrough season really for her. At Man United and um, on about yeah, at right back, I think she's one of the best right backs in the world now. Um, and rumor has it she's off to Barcelona, which is a which is a loss for the WSL um, because she and it's a massive loss for Manchester United because they she's been superb for them this year. And as I say, I think Leah Williamson's had a um, had a really good season um, with Arsenal, and obviously the ACL cut her season short, and obviously ruled her out the World Cup, which is a massive blow for her. But I think she had a really good season. Um. Midfield-wise, I've kind of gone, as I say, I've gone for a three. Um, so kind of the kind of holding midfielder I've gone with Aaron, Aaron Cuthbert um, from us because I don't think, you know, I don't think we would have won anything without her this season. Um, she's getting to almost like one of the first names on the team sheet now and she's so tenacious, has a never-say-die attitude. Um, and yeah, I don't think we would have won anything in this season without her. Um, and then I've gone Frida Manham. From Arsenal because I uh, obviously she came into the side after Mida Mag did her ACL, um, but she was nominated Player of the Season. Um, and she had a she was solid in goal scoring as well, um, and obviously she scored that amazing goal in the home game versus Bayern for them in the Champions League, um, and then Kenza Daly from uh, from Aston Villa sorry um, has had a very good season, um, and her link up play with Rachel Daly has been really key for them, um, and then across the top. I've gone Guru Wrighton on the left because I don't think you could really leave her out, to be honest. Um, my personal player of the season, 11 assists, 9 goals. Um, I mean, I think it's an incredible season for her with no Pernilla Harder um, to kind of boost that front three. Um, 
And then on the other side, I've gone with Kirsty Hansen um, from Aston Villa um, on loan across from Man United. Um, because and I think I think she's been phenomenal this year. Whenever I've watched Villa this season, she's always looked a threat. 16 goal involvements in 20 games is not bad at all. It's not a bad return. And then up top, I've gone Rachel Daly. I've not gone Sam Kerr. Bit controversial. Um, I'm disappointed, Bree. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Um, but I mean, 22 goals, WSL player of the season. I don't think you could realistically leave her out of that team. That's Look, that's a strong 11, and um, I think not a lot of people would disagree with it. Uh, and just touching on Cuthbert, because that's someone that... You know, I watch a little more closely than some of the other uh, players in here that are really good. Um, you mentioned Cuthbert as one of the first names on the team sheet, and I don't disagree with that. Uh, and it's not down to just her being as good as she is, but she's also never injured. And I and I say that with a, a loud knock on the wood uh, because we we really can't afford to lose her. But she's always ready, and I feel like with Emma Hayes, she has the trust of her. She knows what Cuthbert can give. And even when we're maybe chasing games or, or behind in games, Cuthbert always kind of stays in there uh, for the energy, for her her tenacious attitude, like you said. So I, I think that's a great shout from, from the Chelsea side. So let me get this straight. We only have three players from the WSL title-winning team in this 11 rate. We're on a Chelsea podcast. I can't let this happen. I know, I know. Um, as I say, slightly controversial with some of them, um, but I think I think it, I think it also showcases, you know, the, the strength of the WSL this year. Um, and I think it's been the best season of them all, um, or at least the ones that I've been watching. I've been, I've been watching about four or five years now, and it's been the closest season. It's been the most competitive season. And I think having players not just from, you know, from the top three, not just from Chelsea. I think you've you've also got Aston Villa in there, who I think had a phenomenal year. Um, I think you had to cover a whole heap of the sides there, and I've not got anyone from Man City either, which is um, I'm not complaining too much about. But um, but yeah, I just think it shows the strength and depth of the, the WSL this year. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to bring up is that even though the WSL is very tight for us to win for the past four years, um, it's not that we run away with it. It's it's tight because all the other teams are good. All the other teams can take points off of each other. And it really comes down to Chelsea having to go the last two and a half, three months of the season perfect in the league for them to get to the last day or the or the day before um, and win it. And we saw this, I think, on, on this past season too when you and I were texting through that Man City United game, which was the week before yeah. the end of the season hoping that we would get the title done a week early. And it didn't happen. United came back. They won the game. And that's what you get from from a, a league where it's getting tighter at the top. Now, we need to get it tighter throughout so that the other teams, and I, and, and I bring up Reading in this case, so I think they've kind of gone into a part-term model after yeah. their relegation, which is sad to see. So uh, I totally agree with you. The league is getting better, but it needs to get better a little more across, which would help. Uh, some of the other teams with the resources and the finances. Uh, yeah. So we can't make a case for Sam Kerr to maybe take someone I'm, else out of the squad. I, I really have to come back to that. I think I think you could obviously make a case for Sam Kerr. I think obviously what her work ethic up the top this season has been phenomenal. Um, I mean, playing up there more or less on her own for a lot of the season. Um, and obviously the goals in the league probably haven't been the amount that she would prefer. 
Um, obviously, she would want more, but I don't think you can really fault her work ethic at all. Um, I think if I was to take anybody out, it would be Kirsty Hansen and poten- potentially for Sam, even though that would be harsh on Kirsty Hansen because she's had a great year. But obviously, with Sam, I think it's not just what she does um, on the ball. I think off the ball, she's phenomenal as well. Yeah, and, and that's 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 what you get from Sam Kerr. Is you, I think the the goals haven't been there this season, which is fair, but it's a lot of the work that doesn't get noticed by a lot of people that she does and brings to this team. And she always just needs that one opportunity, like we saw in the FA Cup final, to to get a goal and win the game. Um, so, if you're okay with it, I I am going to make that sub and bring her yeah. in. Uh, just because I doesn't feel right to not see her name <laughs> uh, name in that eleven, but no disrespect to Christy Hansen, I, she's definitely had a great season, like you said. Um, but that's a strong eleven, and and some very good young players coming into. You touched on uh, Maya Letizia, and she's definitely unfortunate to miss out on that squad. But with the season she's had and and what's ahead of her, it's going to only going to be a matter of time before she's part of yeah. the England setup and. Uh, maybe things change between now and the World Cup as well. You just don't know. So uh, agree with this 11 now that we've brought Sam Kerr in. I saw when you <laughs> sent it over, I was like, what's going on here? No Sam Kerr. <laughs> um, but now it all feels good. And, and Guru Wrighton, I think, like you said, has been has been excellent this season too. Uh, so let's transition over uh, while we're talking about Guru to Chelsea's player of the season. You said for you, that's uh, your player of the season for Chelsea. Talk us through with this season what's changed with her and how has this evolution where she's always been a great player, but even in, in some of the social media videos you've seen, she's kind of been joking about, well, Gura doesn't play in the big games, which is absolutely not true. She's featured, featured and scored in a lot of big games. Uh, but what's changed this season? I don't know really what's changed. I think I think, I think think she's standing out more. Because um, obviously the last couple of seasons we've had Pernilla Harder, we've had Frank Kirby, we've had Sam Kerr scoring a lot of goals, but this season we've not had Pernilla Harder or Frank Kirby for the vast majority of this season. So I think having Guru coming in, it's almost a breakout season, even though it's really not, um, because she's, she's, you know, she's finally getting that recognition that she deserves. I mean, as I, as I said earlier, 11 assists and nine goals this season. I mean, we've needed all of them. And I think her link-up play with Sam Kerr this year has been absolutely brilliant. Um and I just think, and obviously she scored the goal in, against Barcelona. And I, I love her passion as well. The guru roar, as Chelsea put it the other day. Um, and I just think something like that, I just think, you know, she the club means a lot to her. And I think that is, um, and that's shown on the pitch this year. I, I totally agree with you. It's been a journey for her. If you think about it, she came in in 2019 and you've mentioned the names that were ahead of her and the names that she had to compete with, even though maybe the likes of uh, Fran Kirby or Pernilla Arter wouldn't feature in that specific role out wide, but with the Sam Kerr, they're doing the job and having to the, the, the players, like we've mentioned to fit them in, Emma Hayes had to make some sacrifices and, um, Unfortunately, or fortunately for for uh, Guru, with the injuries and the issues going on behind the scenes with Fran, this has been an opportunity for her to come in, and and that's what you want from your squad players is to step in, and not just do a job, but do a job so good that when Fran is back and when some of the new signings come in, Emma still has a headache on her on her mind where she says, "Well, I can't drop Guru after she's been so good last season," and it pushes everyone to be better. So I agree with you. I think this has been a breakout we say it in quotes yeah. season for her even though she's uh 
almost in the prime of her career. Uh, and it's good to see that she's doing that in the Chelsea shirt because she's been one of our top performing, if not the top performing player. So uh, I won't disagree with you here. I think she definitely does deserve the, the player of the season award. Uh, and Sam Kerr, even though for how crucial she's been, uh, Guru has just sh shined a little bit yeah. more than, than she has. But let's move on to young player of the season. I think I know who you're going to go for with uh, the squad 11, uh, the team of the season you've presented. But let's hear who's your young player. Yeah, my, non yeah, my young player of the season is Neve Charles. Um, I think she's become a really integral part of this squad this season. Um, you know, she starts most games these, these days and four goals, three assists this year. Um, and, you know, she's played in a variety of positions across the squad. You know, she at one point she was playing up front in one of the games that I was at. And um, I just think she has been, she's been reliable this year. Um, and I think in the big games, at, you know, at the Barcelona home game and um, from what I saw of the Leon games, she was, she was integral to us getting, you know, pushing these teams all the way. And obviously in the Leon games, beating them and, I think I just think she's had a very good season. She always gives a hundred percent for the team as well. You know, at the end of the game, she always looks tired, but because she's given her all, not because of like any fitness issue, just because she has literally given her all and left it all out there. Um, and at twenty three, she's got a big future as well. And obviously, she's off to the World Cup and much deserved this this summer. Absolutely, and I, you you mentioned it, but I I agree with you. I think it's been a season where. Emma has, again, counted on her to play a number of positions, and she's delivered in all of those. And that's what you want from your younger players, your players that are looking on the outside, looking in and saying, how do I get into the squad? What do I do? And a lot of players say, well, I can only play a winger. I can only play midfield. But Neam Charles has said, I'll play wherever you put me. Just put me in there, uh, apart from maybe goalie. And, and I'm sure she would do a good job in there, too. Um, <laughs> Ray, any case or argument for Lauren James with the season that she's had to be close to, or if not run Liam Charles close for this award? Yeah, I think, you know, I think Lauren's had a great season, but I think it was a, with my opinion on Lauren, I think it was almost a season of two halves for her. I think this, the first half of the season, she was brilliant, you know, and I think had she continued that into the second half of the season, she probably would have got young player of the season. But for me, I think the second half, the performance has kind of tailed off a little bit. Um, the goals haven't quite come as fluently as they did in that first half of the season. Um, obviously, I think she's had a, she's had a good year. I mean, it's her first proper season with us. Um, really, kind of in the squad, in the in the team, um, and I think there's a lot of promise there. Um, I'm just I'm just hoping that she doesn't get hyped up. But everyone seems to hype her up so much, and it puts so much pressure on her to perform. I hope it doesn't affect her going forward, but I do think she'll be a, an integral part of this team going forward. Agreed again. I, it's And that pressure piece is something that we've touched on, uh, Jackie and I, on the men's side, when you look at it, and I'm just going to go on a little tangent here. When you look at it, Theo Walcott coming in at 18, 19, yeah. with the pressure of taking him to the World Cup. You look at a Rashford, you look at a Rooney, and maybe it's it's a it's the expectations of a nation uh, relying on you know a, a, a young player coming through that can maybe be the next big thing and and take England or or England, uh, the UK to the promised land. I think it's similar with with Lauren James with the uh, the way the women's game has grown in in the UK, but even around the world in the last eighteen months or, or twenty four months. And Lauren James kind of being the the young player coming through and playing for Chelsea and being 
siblings with Reese James and all of those things get her the exposure, not just in the UK, but around the world that suddenly just have more expectations that you want more out of her. You want her to be performing, but people tend to forget she's only 21. She's been here for a season. Last season was her first full season. This season, she had a good first half, like you said, and it's expected young players do tend to have fluctuations in, in the way they play. But for her, it's how to get that consistently and get yourself in that first 11 or at least in the first 18 that the manager counts on you. And I know Emma does, but Emma also is good about managing the young players and not just throwing them out there continuously, even though they're not performing. So uh, Neam Charles definitely deserves the award, but Lauren James can can run her close maybe in the future. Yeah, oh, uh, let's. Let's move on. Game of the season. We've had a few, or not a few, we've had a lot of good games this season and a few bad ones, but which one was your game of the season? Annoyingly, it was one that I wasn't at. Um, <laughs> it was one I couldn't go to. Um, it was the Leon home game, I think, from all accounts, from what I've heard. It was just the atmosphere at Stamford Bridge that night was unreal. Um, obviously, we were 1-0 up after the first leg, uh, away to Leon, which is an amazing result. Um, obviously, end up kind of 2-0 down on the night um, a goal down and and then obviously Marin steps up and takes the penalty in the 128th minute to take it two penalties um, and then AKB showed her worth and saved two of them and I don't think I think the drama of that game was you know I think that's what maybe gives it game of the season for me I think you've also got to look at the <coughs> excuse me the um, the FA Cup final it was an, an amazing occasion um, with 77,000 at Wembley. Um, that's also up there. But I think that Leon home game, I think, I don't think it can be beaten, really. It can't. It was one of those games where we were destined to go out, and it just seemed like, here we go again, heartbreak in the Champions League, which ultimately did happen, but it felt like at home, with all the expectations and the pressure, that we were going to go out and, and you explained it, how things turned around. And I just remember this game as the game where I almost got into a car accident while trying to keep yeah. tabs <laughs> on this game. Uh, but it was, it was just full of emotion, full of drama. And that's what you get in the Champions League. And honestly, that's what you get with Chelsea because we never make yeah. it easy. We, we make it tough. Uh, and Leon were always going to make it tough for us in the second leg after we had beaten them away. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I agree with you. With, this was a game that we'll remember for a long, long time. But I have one, and it's, it's from the same uh, competition, but I have one that is a little bit different, and I'll take you all the way back to the beginning of the group stage, which yep. was against PSG away. I think you were there. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I believe you were there. It was October 20th of last year, and we went away, and, and, if you, and most people will remember, we had PSG, Real Madrid, and... I'm going to butcher the, the name of the third team um, in their group stages. But between those three, PSG, Real Madrid, and Chelsea, it was defined as a group of death. We didn't know who was going to come out, Real Madrid coming, and, and maybe not as close to PSG and Chelsea, but we're always going to be a difficult opposition. And our first game away, our first game of the, the campaign was away to PSG. And I, and I honestly wasn't sure what we were going to get out of it. I thought we would go away, PSG are a good team, Playing at this stage, it would be difficult for us to maybe get a result. But not only did we get a result, we got three points. We got a clean sheet. And I think that kick-started our 
Champions League campaign this season, which led us to topping the group. Again, a, a surprise in the sense with the other teams I mentioned, but we topped the group. I don't even think we lost a game in the group stages. Uh, so that all seemed like this is going to be the year. Ultimately, it wasn't. But that's my game of or or a game of the season for for the Chelsea women. Yeah, that was a that was a great performance away um, in Paris. Um, obviously, Millie getting the goal, and I think it was a it as you say it set us right off on our journey this season. Um, as you say, it could it was one of those years that it, it could have been, um, but you know, it was there's a lot of progress there. I mean, it's progress from the year before where obviously we didn't make out of the groups, and I think we had a tougher group this year. As you say, with Real Madrid and PSG, um, and obviously with Lajnia, not not the Lajnia, biggest team there in the we world. Go. But, <laughs> um, I knew you'd but get yeah, it. Yeah, I think. I just think it was a it was a great start to the season. Really good start in the Champions League. Absolutely, and, and that set us up. Yeah, so that set us up, and we're continuing to knock on that that door for the Champions League, and hopefully, we'll kick it down one of these years and uh, be the kings or queens of of Europe. Uh, but goal of the season, Ray. There's been a lot of goals and spread across the team. But which which one has been yours? There's been a lot of amazing goals this season. Um, in in all competitions, I think uh, I think I've got honourable. I've got a couple of mentions I, that I have to put out there. I think Lauren James versus Spurs um, away from home, where she got the ball out on the right and just cuts inside, takes on everybody and lashes it into the top corner. Um, I think that's a that was a superb goal, and I've also got Aaron Cuthbert also against Spurs, funnily enough, um, at Stamford Bridge, where the ball comes in from the corner, gets headed out, and Aaron just chests it down and volleys it into the top corner. Um, those are two brilliant finishes um, from two very very good players, but I think goal this season is Sam Kerr um, against Manchester United at home. Amazing ball from Lauren James over the top takes all the defenders out of the game and Sam just pops it over the over Mary Earps um to win a really big game um at that stage of the season. Um it was very t- it, it was tight obviously all the way to the end. Um and it was kind of quite clear that these were like the games against the top three were going to kind of decide the title. So that's my goal of the season. I and I agree with you. I anytime we bring up Sam Kerr, any goals he scores is goal of the season for me. Uh, but a, a goal that big and a goal against a rival that we were going up against for the title uh, in a crucial game that gets us the win is is uh, is good with me. And I, I do love the uh, the mentions for Lauren James and Aaron Cuthbert. But there were a lot of goals that were scored that yeah. could have been uh, could have been a goal of the season, moment of the season. And I'll give you mine. It's yep. maybe in preseason, <laughs> but it counts as this season for me. Uh, and it's going out to Portland, watching the the women's team for the first time for me and getting to cover them, getting to meet you, obviously, and some of the other fans. But my interview with Sam Kerr, seeing being right face to face with her and asking her a few questions and her responding and having Guru come in and Ed Cuthbert come in, uh, not to be part of the interview, just ask Sam Kerr questions during her interview. Uh, and seeing the, the team in person for me was my moment of the season, not taking away anything else that was achieved during the season. Uh, but for selfish reasons of being able to just be around the team, that's that's for me. But what's your moment of the season? Oh, I loved being out in Portland um, at, the, at the start of the season and preseason. That was uh, that was pretty cool for me to come out, obviously, to meet you guys. And um, and it was it was brilliant. I've never been out to a preseason tour before. So that was um, that was really cool. And I'm. Um, I think my moments, I've kind of got a few um, that are pretty special. I think 
as I mentioned in the Leon game, I think Marin putting that 128 minute penalty away to take it to a penalty shootout. I mean, the pressure on that penalty kick. Um, I mean, Emma Hayes couldn't even watch it. Um, I mean, I think that's got to be up there. I mean, that's pretty special. Um, and then my last two kind of were kind of on the emotional side at the end of at the end of the season. I think the reception Magda and Pernilla got when they went off against Reading in the final game of the season um, was pretty special because I mean the Reading game we had such a massive following at, at Reading. Um, it was probably the biggest support I've seen at an away game um, for the club, and the reception the two of them got when they went off was just in- incredible. Um, that was pretty special. Um, but I think my moment of the season was Magda scoring against Arsenal in our final home game. Um, I think that's written in the stars. I mean, it was just, yeah, that was pretty special. That was pretty special in such a big game as well. Yeah, special. Spe- all moments you've mentioned were special and and for their own reasons. But I think having our captain leaving with the announcement coming in, it was believe I believe it was before the Arsenal game. Uh, since that was going to be the last home game and her scoring, you, you can make that stuff up and uh, going off with the title, going off with an FA Cup, fully deserved. And as much as we'll miss her, we wish her the best. And uh, she signed off in the best way possible with winning trophies and, and a goal against Arsenal. So uh totally agree with you. But let's move on to just looking at some of the competitions we were in, where we finished, what could we have done better. Uh, and let's start with the league. I don't think we could have done anything better unless we win all the home ga- all the games and just have no pressure or drama. But fourth league title in a row, 19 wins, uh, 100% record at home like you've you sent over, 58 points. Sam Kerr, top scorer with 12, and Gura with 11 assists. Uh, you watched a few of these games. You were at the games home and away. Give me your take of being a fan watching this team in the league this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been to, I went to quite a few games this year, probably the most I've been to, actually. Um, I think I went to, I went to, well, quite a few of the home games. I don't think I missed that many this year. Um, and at home, we looked unbeatable. Um, I think there wasn't many games at home where I really thought we were under a lot of pressure. I mean, even the Man United game where we only beat them 1-0, they they didn't really throw a huge amount at us in the end. Um, so it has become a fortress, I think. Away from home, obviously, the the Liverpool defeat, first game of the season. We seem to like losing that first game of the season at the minute. Um, wouldn't, mind, wouldn't mind changing that um, for next year. And then, um, obviously, the City away game was probably the most disappointing game for me this year, um, mainly because of the journey there. It just seemed to take forever. Um, and then the performance was, um, it was really poor. I, but I think it was a game too far that week. We had had a game at the weekend. We had the big Leon game midweek. And then the City game at the weekend. I think I think just everything kind of accumulated into that one and it just wasn't a very good performance. But I think the league this year we were I mean we we come into it with a favourites tag. I mean we've won it the last four years in a row and I think you you auto, automatically now go into it with a favourites tag and that does add a bit of pressure, you know. But I think I don't think it really other than when we I think when we lost the city game, that was the only time I was a little bit nervous that is the form gonna slip off in the league. Um, but then we brought it right back and we, towards the end of that season, we just looked, we looked superb. We, we tend to, like you said, lose the first game of the season, come into 
January, February and win a few games and drop randomly, drop points somewhere. Uh, and I, I say randomly from the outside looking in, but I'm sure there's reason internally for game management, like you've mentioned, or or the other team just really wants it more on the day. Uh, but then we go into the, that international break and come out of it in April and we just go 100%, just win everything to 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 see off the season. And, and that is fun and it's good to watch as a fan, but I'd like a little less drama and a little more consistency where yeah. uh, we don't go into the last day of, of needing to win to get the title. But we've done it now in four times and uh, who's to say it won't be fifth or sixth for the next couple of years. But just on that point, before we move on to the other competitions, Ray, we've seen Arsenal push us close. We've seen United push us close this season. We've seen City what do these teams have to do? And not that I want them to knock us off the perch, but what do these teams have to do to maybe overtake Chelsea and, and get a league title in the next couple of years? Well, I think for Arsenal, I think they, they've just been unlucky this year with injuries. So I think had they not had those injuries, I think they would have pushed us and United a lot closer than they ended up being. Um, and then I think with United, it's consistency against the top four because they seem to they dropped points against, I mean, they didn't win against us and, you know, they've dropped points in against the other teams as well. And I think that's their, that's where they need to improve. And I think City are in a bit of transition. Obviously last summer they lost Kira Walsh, Stanway and Lucy Bronze. I mean, that's three out of their starting 11 gone in one summer. So I think they just need to maybe solidify a little bit. Um, obviously don't really want them to, but I think, I think next season is going to be, it's going to be a tough year. Because I think, obviously, I think, obviously, we're going to touch on a bit of transfer news a bit later on. But I think, I think we are, will strengthen. But from what I'm hearing, United are going to potentially lose quite a few of their big players, and it's how they then replace them that's going to be quite interesting on that point. Um, but for I think Arsenal will be a, a force to be reckoned with next season because um, they seem to be kind of securing their big players down with kind of longer term contracts at the minute. So. I think they'll be. I think they'll might be well might well be the challengers next year. I think, and, and I'm sure with how close they've been the last few years, and like you said, this season with injuries, but even then with injuries, Ray, I think they only missed out by a couple of games, three games maybe. Yeah. Uh, so that shows you the strength of depth that they have, and yeah. and once they get back their players, add a few more, they can always be a threat and yeah. be someone that we need to be worried about. Uh, so not that we want any of them to to make it more interesting than they have in the last few seasons, uh, but just wanted to get your thoughts and, and see you know where where some of the other challengers or what they have to do would, would come from. Uh, third FA Cup, so we're going from four to three now. We're third FA Cup in a row. We beat United in the final. Maybe not the best performance, but we get the win. We get the clean sheet. Not as dramatic as the season before against I believe it was Arsenal in the final. Uh, was uh, City, City, City the year before, and yep, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. and Arsenal the year before, right? Yeah, in that's right. Yep, okay, um, and so yeah, the City game, I, I remember flashes off it, and we were comfortable, but not really. And City were pushing us, and Bunny Shaw was up there, and and everything was going down, but we got over the line. United game this year, we got over the line, but what was our path to get to the final and ultimately become? champions again yeah it was quite a um we actually had quite a tricky run to the final in comparison to say man united actually because um, man united only had to play one wsl team on their way to the final 
um, whereas our our whole run was against WSL teams. So we played Liverpool um, and we beat them 3-2, I believe, at home, which was I was there and it was a little bit uncomfortable, not going to lie, in the last kind of 10 minutes because they were pushing us really hard. Um, played Arsenal um, and beat them, obviously. And then we played Villa in the semi-final, which that was a tricky game. I mean, Villa had a really good year this year. Um, so that was not, it's not an easy run to the final at all. I mean, it's, you know, we've played two of the top five teams in the league. Um, Liverpool, who beat us on the opening day and then gave us a very hard run uh, towards the end of the season. So, you know, it was a hard run to the final, but we got there. And then, yeah, we it wasn't the best performance in the final. I think first half, we were really pretty sluggish. Um, as we said in the final review, we did a few weeks back. Um, but I think the class when Pernilla Harder came back on in the second half really changed the game and and Sam Kerr loves scoring at Wembley so um yeah it was a it was a good you know it's good to win another another trophy again you know it's four leagues in a row three FA cups in a row it's it's a pretty good record and um and yeah no it was a good good run to the final and a and a good win of it as well absolutely and it's again a trivia question i think i asked it last time when was the last time we lost a game in the FA cup Definitely through over three years ago, and who was it? Yeah. So we'll open that up to the listeners and and send that over. Let's see uh, what you come up with. Don't Google it. Let's let's see if you can get it out of memory. I certainly can, and I'll be the first one to admit it. Uh, but three years in a row is a great achievement. Not a lot of teams can do it. So when you get the opportunity, you take it. I'm sure each one has its own place in in the players and Emma Hayes's. Uh, hearts, but for us, all of them are, are trophies and more that we can show the rivals that they, they didn't get it. But there's one trophy, Ray, that we tend to make it to the final and then for some reason we even tend to take the lead and then we yeah. drop our standards, we let the other team come back and, and let them win a, a Conti Cup, which in this case has happened at least twice in a row where we've made the yeah. final and then just dropped our standards. City this season before, Arsenal this season. What is going on? I, I want more trophies, Ray. I'm, I'm hungry for a Conti Cup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't at the final this year. I was away with work, so I missed it. And by all accounts, it was a game that I didn't really want to be at in the first place. Um, I think uh, from what I from what I heard and what I saw of the game, um, we started brilliantly. You know, we went ahead very early on through Sam, I think it was. And then we just lost it. We just lost it in the first half. And Arsenal... Emma Hayes came out and said Arsenal were hungrier for it, and that's not acceptable at Chelsea. Um, so I think you know, it's a, it's a weird one, the Conti Cup. It it kind of set it. I mean, it set us on a really up and down run of form in March, um, and it was just. I mean, I kind of looked at March as a big month for us because we had big games in that month, um, and as I say, it kind of started a really up and down run, and it was yeah. I don't know what goes on in that final, but I mean, obviously we won. I think we won it two years in a row because we beat Arsenal and then we beat Bristol City I think in the previous two and then obviously yeah. I was at the City game and, and then obviously we lost against Arsenal so hopefully next season we can get back and uh, get back to the and actually win it this year yeah it almost seems like the the squad and, and Emma Hayes are like you know what let's give one trophy to some of the other folks and let them let them enjoy too and Conti Cup might be that one but um yeah I, I like I said, I'm hungry for more, and I I want more trophies than than giving oh, yeah. them away. Um, but Champions League, Ray, which is the holy grail for for the women's side, and they've made it to a final, they've made it to a few semifinals this season. Seemed like, and we obviously touched on the start and the run in through the group stages, uh, but it 
felt like this could be it, especially after the Leon game, like you mentioned, with, with the luck and the penalties and every all the drama that went down. But ultimately, it wasn't to be. We lost to the champions, Barcelona, who who made it through to the final, went down two goals and came back and won it 3-2. And honestly, that's the standard in Europe, maybe Wolfsburg, Leon as well, but that's the standard. And we need to take our form from the league and the FA Cup, maybe not from the Conti Cup, uh, to Europe and, and get over the line, get this done. Because once we get that first one, I think that pressure will be off and it might just be a little bit easier. And I, I say little bit, but it might just be a little bit easier to make it to semifinals, make it to a final and not have that weighing on you that we need to win this. We need to win this. And uh, hopefully it happens sooner rather than later because we don't want to continue feeling it. But this season, I think we have a lot to be proud of in the Champions League with the results, with the goals, with the games. And the squad is learning. But what are you? what is your take on our Champions League run from this season? As you say, I think there's a lot to be proud of with the Champions League run this year, I think. The group of it was a group of death, as we mentioned earlier on, and you know we came through unscathed. We never lost the game. Um, I was at Real Madrid away, um, which was probably the worst performance in the in the group stage, and um, but we came out of it with a one-all draw. It was a very scrappy one-all draw, but it was a one-all draw. We and I think that's something that this team has learned. It's, it's a very resilient team. Um, you know, yeah, we might go a goal down, but we come back fighting. Um, obviously, then join Leon. Beating them away from home is a huge result, you know. Beating anyone away in France, especially, is a massive result because the fans are—they um, create a really intimidating atmosphere out there. And um, and then obviously the home game of that was brilliant. And then obviously against Barcelona, we—I think obviously given the history we had with them in that final where we we were blown away in the first half an hour, thirty-five minutes, we were four 0 down. And then you go down three, you you go one nil down three minutes in in the home leg. It was a case of is this about to happen again? Um, but we stayed resolute. We obviously lost that home game one nil, but you were still in the tie. Um, and obviously away from home, you never know. And obviously getting that one all draw out there that's a that's a really big result. Not I think I don't think they'd been I don't think they'd dropped points at home for a huge amount of games in Champions League, League, etc. They hadn't really dropped points. So for them, to, for us to go out there and get a draw was a really, really good... And it was a really good performance as well, which... Um, and it shows that they are beatable, Barcelona, you know? They are... We, there are Their teams will give them a challenge. And obviously, Wolfsburg gave them a really good challenge in the final this year and just wasn't quite to be. I mean, but it shows how good Barcelona are. Um, but I think on the whole for our Champions League campaign this year. I think there's a lot to be proud of. 100% agree with you. There's a lot to be proud of, and it just keeps the squad hungry and, and willing to, not that they would ever drop the standards, but willing to fight and put the body on the line in the next season uh, and maybe make it a step or two further and, and lift this trophy. But like you said, with Barcelona being around, we really need to up our game and our standards. And, and we're doing that. We've seen with the players coming in the last season, this season, uh, that we are focusing a little more on European experience and players yeah. that can bring that to to the squad. So let, uh, speaking of bringing players in and in, in transfers, let's transition over to transfers and, and who's being linked and what's going on with the women's team. So we've made a signing. Luckily for us, you and I, it happened this yeah. morning before the episode. But there were rumors out there. There was uh, stories breaking that Chelsea were in for Katarina Macario who's a Brazilian-born American soccer player yeah. or football player, as as we say. 
Uh, and I'll give you a quick update on on her early life and and where she's been and how she got to to being a Chelsea player. So she was born in Brazil. She started playing at the age of four, playing football at the age of four, uh, and moved around Brazil, playing at Flamengo and, and uh, Cruzeiro. Uh, and at the age of seven, she moved to Brazil, the capital city, Brasilia, played for Santo. So she's been in and around some of these big Brazilian teams uh, in, in academies. But in 2011, uh, she moved to San Diego in the U.S. without speaking a word of English. And relocated, pursued her dream of being a player or, or getting uh, further along as a professional soccer player. And went to Stanford University. She scored 69, 63 goals in 69 appearances. So automatically, you know what you're getting from, from her. Uh, she's been at Lyon for a few years, uh, two years. And now she's moving to Chelsea, officially moving to Chelsea. Um, how excited are you? What is she going to bring to the squad? What is she going to bring to Chelsea? And then we'll talk about maybe the injury and how she kind of transitions into the squad from there. Yeah, I'm I'm quite excited about this one, actually. Um, I've seen really good things from her. Um, I think she'll come in, uh, and as you say, she scores goals. Um, I think as a backup to Sam, I think that'll be brilliant for her. Um coming in as the new number nine as well, uh, taking over from Beth, who obviously left in January. And yeah, I'm very excited by her. Um, I think it's a really, really good bit of business, really good signing, um, and will hopefully make a difference and fill maybe that Pernilla Harder gap potentially. Yeah, and, and we need that, right? We've said we've lost Pernilla Harder. Fran Kirby has had her issues, and I don't know if she's going to be back for the start of the season. Hopefully she is. But her minutes are always going to be managed just to to make sure that she doesn't continue to have issues or um, things down the line. But with Macario coming in, she's 23, so a young player again coming into the squad. We're almost starting to build for the future, and it, I say that, but she's obviously going to contribute this season. Uh, I mentioned the injury. She had torn her ACL in the final game for Lyon last season, so she missed all of this season for them. How does that impact? I, I personally tore my ACL, and I know the recovery and the time it takes, but not at the professional level, so I'm not saying uh, I know how, what she's gone through. But she's ready to come back. She's obviously on a free transfer, which is great. Um, any pressure to perform right from the beginning, or does Emma Hayes and Chelsea give her the time preseason, work her way back back into fitness, and slowly ease her in as the season goes on? Yeah, I think I think she will have to be eased back in. I don't think you can really drop her in straight away, given the fact that she's been out for over a year with an ACL. Um, I think I I just think I think she will need to be eased back in through preseason and get that match fitness back and obviously get used to the English game as well. You know, it's it's a very physical game and I think that I think with like maybe Kadisha Buchanan and people that came in at the like last season, it took them a few games to kind of work their way into our into the way that we play football and i think that might be the case with her but i think i think she will be a good player for us going forward and as you say 23 years old big future ahead for her hopefully absolutely and and you mentioned kadisha buchanan who's played with her at leon so yeah. maybe kadisha buchanan played a little bit of an agent role here recruiting her and, and turning her head towards chelsea uh but jokes aside i think it's a great signing for the club i think it brings the the backup that we need, it brings a young player to the squad who can learn and, and evolve under Emma Hayes. 
without the pressure of having to be a first team player and recover from the injury, obviously. But that's the first signing. Who are some of the other names linked to Chelsea along with some of the contract extensions that we've given out? Yeah, so we've given out a couple of contract extensions. Lauren James has signed a new very long term one actually up till 2027. So I, that's a re- I think that's a really good bit of business from Chelsea, getting her locked down nice and early. Um and then obviously Marin Mielda's been extended a year as well. So I think I think she deserves that. I mean, she's been phenomenal this year with the obviously with not having Millie, not having Kadisha for the latter half of this season, really. She's really done a really good job uh, slotting in at centre back. Um, and she's been at Chelsea for six years. This will be year seven next season. So that's a really good move. Um, and then the other one that's kind of been floated around quite a lot at the minute is Ashley Lawrence, the Canadian uh, fullback. Um, she's left PSG, or it's been announced that she's leaving PSG at the end of her contract in the summer. Um, and the rumours are that basically Chelsea are just kind of almost waiting just to finalise the deal, really. And I think that will be a very good signing. I have, I've seen a lot of her and very impressed with what I've seen. Yeah, I, I, on the contract extensions, I think it's a smart move from from the club. We've secured the future of an up-and-coming player who we've touched on in Lauren James. And with an experienced pro like Marin Mielda giving a year, having her stay around the squad as we continue to evolve and, and just have cover. I mean, she obviously played centre-back, as you've mentioned, but she can play other positions. And having that utility player and having someone that isn't going to be knocking down on Emma Hayes' door every day saying, play me, play me, play me, because she knows what her role and, and position is in the squad. Uh, and be just being there for the younger players that we're bringing in, yeah. like we spoke about with Macario, um, definitely a, a smart move from from the club. And then the other one you mentioned, Ashley Lawrence, another free transfer, it seems, which yeah. seems like some good business from the club where we're not having to go out and spend three, four, five, six hundred thousand. And I think as the as the women's team and, and the game grows, I think these values are going to go up. Uh, along the way so having some free transfers in there that could come in and, and do the business uh, is great so um, and I'm sure it's not going to end there we're going to continue to bring in a few more new faces and we'll continue to report on that as and when we hear them but Ray any parting thoughts from you for this season the upcoming season I know we were talking about doing some coverage on the World Cup you might even be at a game uh, so any thoughts from you yeah, I think as a whole, this season's been a huge, it's been a massive success for the women's team. I think, you know, two trophies, um, a final and a semi-final. I don't think you can really look much further. I don't think you can really expect a huge amount more than that. I mean, I think Emma Hayes said it herself, getting to, you know, we've basically played almost every game we could this season apart from the Champions League final. It's the only game we didn't play in that we could have played in this year. I think that's something really, really pretty, something to be proud of, Um and I think with the signings coming through and young players getting better and better, I think it only looks up, really. Um, yeah, be really good to do some coverage of the World Cup, um, obviously starting in a couple of weeks, in a few weeks now. Um, and I found out last night that I'm actually going to be in Sydney for one of the games. Um, so I'm going to be in Sydney for England against Denmark, um, which is very exciting. Um so I'll be catching up with a few of the people that I go to the Chelsea games with and they're all going out on a World Cup tour so they're in Australia and New Zealand. So I'll be catching up with them in, in Sydney for that game, which is very exciting. Um, bit unexpected. I tried everything to get on it and I managed to get there. So um, so yeah, I'll be out there for that game, which would be really good to, be good to see some of the Chelsea players out there as well. Absolutely. That's very exciting, Ray. And I know uh, you followed the Chelsea team, but also the, the women's sport for a long time. So this must be... Uh, an exciting and rewarding 
uh, an opportunity to to head out there and watch the games or at least just that one game but just be around in a in a country where the world cup is going to be just the euphoria and and the excitement would be great and sam kerr playing in her home nation exactly just going to put that out there maybe yeah uh, an extended run for australia which would be great uh, but for all teams wishing them the best and like we said we will do some coverage on on this tournament it starts july 20th so we have a, a little bit of time uh, but ray will be back on this episode but until then it's been a good season it's been a fun season there's been a little bit of heartbreak but a lot of joys and, and smiles and celebrations and that's what you get from chelsea so we'll continue to um, hope for more signings, bring whatever coverage we can of, of the signings and, like we said, of the World Cup. But until then, uh, stay safe, up the Chels, have a good summer. Uh, we will be back. But, Ray, thanks for joining me, uh, and we'll pick it up in, in, a, in a very short time. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Take care. Hey, guys. The Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.